If only Ferber could ever figure out his microphone. Uh, yeah, use that as the intro. Everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin states in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, June the 8th. Uh, it's raining outside my window right now, so if for some reason the power goes out and this whole entire uh, situation is, is, is borked, it's not my fault. Um, we got an interesting show planned for you tonight. We're going to do a little something different um, along with these sort of off-season topics we've been on um, the last few weeks. We're going to do a little bit of um, um, a history lesson of sorts. We're going to look back on some of the bigger busts, some of the bigger sleepers uh, of Virginia recruiting uh, on the football side of things. At least uh, we are going to restrict it to this century, um, but we're going to talk through some of those. And then we've got an interesting, like, sort of stock market um, investment um, conversation to have after that. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the kind of the the guys we are we think. If you were going to, like, let's say you were going to have like an NIL deal and it was strictly based on production, who are some of the people that you would invest in for this coming season? Uh, we're going to stick to the football side again, but we're going to go through and, and talk about some players. Um, necess- not necessarily like, hey, this guy's going to have a breakout season, but this is a guy who y- you want to invest in. This is a guy who you want to buy stock in. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville, uh, what did we decide your title was? Um, message board. Uh, moderator du jour or something. I said something like that a couple weeks ago. David Spence is on the program. How's it going, my friend? Going well. I really don't have anything funny today, so I'm going to keep it professional because you now I've got a title now. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. I, I like how you decided that now was the time to. to yeah, after 10 years, I'll be professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and up in uh, Loud and Staff Writer. Sorry, editor in chief. I'm going to do that a whole bunch. Uh, muscle memory is a hell of a drug. Uh, Justin Ferber is also on the program. What's going on, my dude? Not too much. I feel like we've been doing this for a few weeks now, though. Um, someday you'll have it down, I think. And then Listen, eventually you're going to have to switch my town and all yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Stuff. You change around too much. See, that's the problem. See, Dave <laughs> is Fishersville, and now he has a new thing, and, and I just make a joke of it. You have like a new thing every few weeks or whatever. That's yeah, what, that's I, yeah what I'm in like. the portal. I'm out of the portal. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates. In-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, for those of you scoring at home, um, doesn't Ferber sound just incredible right now? That's what happens when he follows my um, advice and gets the mic I told him to buy. I, I'm using the old one. God, I was getting ready to say, I did not check beforehand to make sure that that was the mic you actually plugged in. And nope. now in, in hindsight, I am uh, I am distraught. I should not. But have... you did tell me to turn this mic on. That's true. I did was like, hey, maybe you want to actually select the correct that was huge. Uh, peripheral. Okay, let's get into this conversation about bus and sleepers and why we should start with Michael Johnson. No, um, I feel like in the Rivals era, which is what we're going to use for this, there are a handful of guys who I think everybody's probably thinks of like immediately 
I'm not saying we should stay away from them totally, but I hope it's not just those guys, and we certainly don't want to bang on anybody. But I almost feel like we should pick a sleeper first, you know, just in a way, you know, a guy who like really overshot sort of his ranking, um, who did a lot more, so to speak. I feel like maybe we should start there. Um, does anybody want to go first, or should I go first? I have one. Okay. And if it's Bryce Hall, I punch you in the face. That is who it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the most that's like the most violence. obvious one, right? He is. I think he's the most obvious one. Yeah. All right, you can take him, and then I'll pick somebody okay. else. Old two star Bryce Hall listed in our database is six three one ninety five, an athlete from Harrisburg, PA. Um, let me tell you about the offers that old Bryce Hall had. Um, Do you remember he when he won. committed to Virginia? Uh, it was in July. I know that because I'm looking at his uh, profile. <laughs> okay. Why? What do you wait? Do you remember what specific day that was? No, I was gonna. Well, eh, I, I don't know if we want to share this. In oh public, wow! Publicly. Okay. Why don't you Why don't you text the thread and we'll decide whether we want to say it out loud? Um, I think the thing about Bryce Hall that will never stop being just absolutely bonkers to me is that he was originally going to be a wide receiver, right? And I mean, granted, he's an athletic kid. He had to be to to sort of make the uh, make his way in, in, on the college scene and, and and earn the accolades he did, and then sort of to you know to get to the next level, of course, too. Um, no, we can't. We can't. Say, we can't say that part publicly. We can't. We can't do that. Um, I can clean it up a little bit. And no, just no, say, like no. he was an he was an under the radar. He was player. a very under the radar <laughs> guy. Let's think that's kind. Um, but but you know what. A lot of people will point to guys like Bryce Hall and they'll say to folks like us at Rivals and they'll say, oh, see, you guys don't know what you're doing. You guys don't know everybody. Well, no, we don't. Like, that's okay. Like, part of a coach's job is to go out there and find the best players. If a coach is only, like, working from the Rivals 250, I'm going to show you a coach that's, like, probably not going to be there very long unless it's, like, an SEC school and they're paying everybody. Um like a guy like Bryce Hall is exactly the kind of kid you're trying to find, right? Here's a really talented dude, Demeek Starling, really talented dude who did not have a bunch of offers, probably should have. And you can get into like why these guys are not seen as much, right? Um, you know, sometimes a guy plays in the wrong kind of offense, some a wrong defense. Sometimes uh, a kid doesn't go to camps. Sometimes maybe a guy was hurt and so his film didn't look the way it should have, whatever. And in Bryce's case, it just seems like nobody saw him. Like, and clearly UVA did the right thing in bringing him in. So yeah, give me. And he uh, he played from day him. one, basically. Yeah, like, he did. He like walked through the door and, and basically he played until his ankle literally like tried to disattach itself from his body. Otherwise, he would have been there the entire time. It's just, I mean, he had such a productive career, and you know, it's it's kind of co- common parlance for us that we refer to UVA's defensive woes under Bronco Mendenhall, essentially to that point, right? Because once he got hurt, they never they the, the program essentially the defense just never recovered. Um, and I mean, how many guys can say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like seasons worth, and the defense was just never the same. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can really look back to that Miami game in 2019, and just everything that followed that was different. And you know, I mean, it's not completely on one guy, but it felt like he was sort of taken away a lot on one side of the field and the defense was able to sort of help out on that other side. And once that was gone, they kind of got exposed a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely the first person that came to mind when we thought about this exercise. Yeah. 
Well, for, for you, for maybe you. I mean, Heath Miller was my first, but he's not in the database <laughs> anymore because he's pre two thousand two. Um, Do you know what his ranking was? I mean, it was low because he was a quarterback coming yeah. out. Yeah. So ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, he was a two star. Yeah. What's funny is like, you know, as I went through the classes, there's so many sleepers from the Bronco era. So say yeah. what you want to about them, but there's a lot of sleepers if you judge sleeper as well um, star versus think- production. And I think that was really what hurt the staff before his was that it felt like they took a lot of guys in the bottom of their classes that were under the radar guys, but they weren't. um, Well, I mean, I guess it would be easy to just say they didn't pan out, but even when they took them, maybe like, I don't know if the, the re it felt like the reason that Bronco would take under the radar guys is they were like athletic, but raw. Um, It felt like kind of when Mike's staff would take under the radar guys, they were like, sort of like solid football players, but maybe like not fast enough or like didn't really like play their position really well or something like that. And Bronco staff, I guess, did a better job of developing those under the radar guys, but they were also obviously guys under, under Mike that were under the radar that turned out pretty good too. So. Yeah. I like Brandon Albert as a big sleeper. His is weird though, because isn't he like, I thought, wasn't it like he was a two star and then yeah, he went to yeah, Fort yeah. Union and then yeah. he was then like he, a five? And he came out and, like and, a four star. And I yeah. and I'll be and four. I think for this exercise we should consider the high school version, mm-hmm. right? Um, versus the you know if he went to prep school or whatever, because by that point you're you know I mean in in the class of of uh, two thousand four, uh, Brandon Albert was a two star from Glen Burnie, right? Um, and I believe UVA was his only offer. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about, I I feel like he had basketball offers if I remember correctly, but yeah, I think you're right. All right. So who wants to wait? So, so let's see, I've got, I've got, I've gotten, should we do like a sleeper and then also a bust? I feel like maybe you put them together. Yeah, maybe I was just trying not way. to do it as a draft again, just to mix up the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's okay. Just the no, 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 that's fine. I mean, well, I, I, have I, an, think I have it's... another, I have another sleeper that we okay. Didn't go ahead, mention. yeah, yeah. Eli, Eli Handback. Yeah, there you go. Sleeper. He's a really good. So one. he's a guy that like Bryce, and and it is worth mentioning by the way that both of these guys were were offered and picked by the previous staff. Yeah. So they were. Mm-hmm. yeah, like it wasn't Broncos pick. Um but yeah, talented player. It's clear. It's pretty obvious, like why he was like an under the radar player, though. I mean, just yeah. from an athletic profile standpoint. Um, but certainly a guy that was able to come in, learn what he needed to do, and contribute right away. Um, certainly not going to be remembered for like flash. He did obviously have one major play at the end of his career, but um, and then the the sack on Daniel Jones or, or whatever. I guess he recovered the fumble. He recovered the, the Jordan Mack sack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like I, I just just a solid player. That's the kind of guy that you want to, if you take an under the radar guy, and it pans out, like they don't have to necessarily be Bryce Hall, but if they can be Eli right. Handback, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, and the reality too with Handback was is that he was an offensive lineman. UVA really wanted you know thought of him as an interior guy, um, and so when he committed in August of fourteen, I'm almost positive. Gosh, have I ever told this story? So. I'm pretty sure that Eli committed to UVA the day uh, Tony and, and them across the street were having one of their elite camps. And I'm pretty sure, I'm scanning my, my brain now, I'm pretty sure this was the day that, that we thought Mamdi Diakite was going to commit to UVA. And I'm pretty sure, so like there was, a, there was the elite camp. And at the end of elite camp, Mamdi famously 
Well, I don't know who you talked to, but I, I was there, so I know it happened. M- Mommy goes up to talk to to Tony in his office, and I think it was like Tony and Jason and Mommy, and they were there forever, right? And myself and a couple other folks, we were basically waiting for Mommy to be done so we could interview him because he had had just an outstanding camp, which is why they were in the office. Um, I think UVA, you know, was really hoping that he might commit in that moment. Um, I think there might have been even been a phone call to his dad, wherever his dad may have been in the world at that time. Anyway, the reason I'm talking about this is because in the midst of all this, Eli committed. And so, like, in the time that, like, they're in there, you know, really <laughs> trying to give Mommy the hard sell, you know, we're we're trying to track down Eli Handback and, and talk to him about his commitment. But, um, yeah, man, I, I just think that when you look at his body of work and how dependable he was. And we, we mentioned before about like how different the defense was without Bryce. Imagine those defenses without Eli. I mean, he was absolutely rock steady. And yeah, you, you don't typically want to fill your team with too many, you know, two star guys with, you know, really no other power five offers. I think he had, we've got him in the database with James Madison, old dominion, William Mary, and some interest from Boston college. Um, but realistically, you know, you don't want to have too many of those guys, but if you see it and you, and you believe it, I just think it's it's wild that that he was originally going to be an interior lineman, and they end up turning him into one of the most dependable defensive linemen of the last decade. It's pretty crazy. Well, it makes you wonder too if maybe him and Bryce came in at the same time. Maybe they um, really benefited from the staff change. Uh, you know, sort of an unforeseen thing when they when they committed, but you know they might have been. And you might have conversely a few guys that committed to Mike's staff that kind of got lost in the in the shuffle with the new staff. I mean, that always happens. It's going to happen with this staff. Um, there's a few guys that it's like, oh, he has a clear role, and then it's like, oh, well, the, the schemes are changing and whatever, and you know, it's not going to work out. Um, but yeah, I think definitely those those guys so far pretty good sleepers. There's a few more. I will say real quick on the. Um, how recruiting rankings, like how reliable they are. It's pretty, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, There's a obvious and direct correlation between ranking and success, uh, but not every five and four star are good. Not every two star is bad, Um, but more of the four and five star guys end up being good than, than threes and twos. That's just how it is. Like if you look at the top 100 players and then look at the draft, there's a lot of the same guys getting picked (laughs) that were in the top 100. Yeah, I wanted to. There's one more sleeper I wanted to, to kind of debate a little bit uh, mm-hmm. whether he's truly a sleeper or not before we go to. I mean, I'm sure we'll go back and forth, but uh, I thought you were going to say go to break. I was like, we're going yeah, to break. Yeah, go to break. We got, yeah. we got an ad. We got an ad Nobody read. told me. No. <laughs> um, Debrickishaw Ferguson. Uh, I thought, like, in my mind, I thought Debrickishaw was like a national recruit. Mm. But unless the database has like dumped a lot of data, he's a three star and he only had two offers, Michigan state and UVA. I think that it is completely fair to call him a sleeper. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kid, because he played, he might be he, the biggest. Yeah. He, well, I mean, if you look at it from the standpoint of impact, right. Um, you know, you think about what this guy did through the course of the time he played football. Right. I mean, it's just kind of astonishing if you think about it. Like his his dependability, his overall um, body of work is just, yeah. I mean, even if he's a three star, which you know, is not. I mean, that's not like a death knell or anything, right? No. But, but uh, you know, so a guy good. like him. I mean, man, that is that's a significant career um, to have. Um, 
What I still like his freshman season. You remember, like he was so skinny for an yeah, offensive lineman, but he had he those was. long arms and all that movement. He knew he had. Yeah, he he knew how just to left do him it. out there on an island. Yeah, you know, to get and he better. was much, and he was better for it in the in the long oh, run. Yeah. You know, he was much better for it in the long run. He's going um, in the Jets' ring of honor, and he's going to go. Yeah, I mean, heck, you know, you think about sort of um, guys who really kind of put their thumbprint on things. I mean, he is, you know. I mean, I, I understand, you know, we're talking about a guy who was a three-star, he had, you know, what offers from UVA, and it looks like Michigan State in the database. 2002 is a long time ago in terms of the internet, so I, I'm not going to claim those were his only offers or anything. But imagine if they had not had Brick, you know? Imagine if he had gone somewhere else. I mean, that's a hell of a pickup for them, and certainly a hell of a, a career, not just at UVA, but also in the pros. Um so yeah, maybe he's not a th- a two star kid like we we've been talking about, um, but he certainly um, played well beyond you know what what his expectation his was. You know, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean like if you're a three star that becomes like the fourth pick in the draft, that's a pretty <laughs> yeah, good ROI. Pretty good. Yeah, for anybody. Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would say like I don't. It's so weird. Like you could look at a lot of players at the three star range, and and it really just depends on perception of like what. Because I think I'm really mangling this, but I think as people that follow this pretty closely, there are three stars. Everybody's like, cool, that's a good commit. And then there are the three stars that people almost treat like fours, you know, because they're like, man, like he had good offers or he has really good film or is a really good fit for what they're looking for. Um, And when those guys, when those, (laughs) yeah, well, when those guys turn out to be good, it doesn't seem as big of a surprise, but ultimately they were ranked the same as guys that are just run of the mill commits. If that makes sense. There's a Um, difference between a 5.4 three star and a five, seven or mm 5.5 three star. Yeah. Like an Elijah Gaines type three star was like, Oh, that's like a four star get based on like his interests and like his, he was a five, seven, I think. Right. Um, and guys like that. And then there's like guys that are, and this is no, no shade to anybody, but five fives. Yeah. Those are guys that like, they might not have a lot of power five offers or they might have some, you know, and it just depends. Um, so I'm looking at, this is a really good, a, a good time to mention this. So I'm looking at the 2007 class, right? So in that class, Corey Mosley was a two star, right? Uh, he was a 5.4. All right. Then Matt Conrath was a three-star at 5'5". Five, five. Inman was a three-star at 5'5". Five, five. Um, now, those are guys who, you know, obviously, you know, professionally, you know, played, you know, kept playing, right? But then you've got some three-stars that are even better than that, right? So you've got Andrew Devlin was a three-star, 5'7". Then you've got some fours in that class who, uh, I mean... No, the biggest not, bust is in this, in this class. Yeah, really. yeah, it is. I don't um, think it's really a question. Which is why, honest. which is why I was here. Um, <laughs> but you've got Terrence Fells Danzler in that class. He was a five eight. Nick Jenkins was a five eight. Chase Minifield was a five eight. Um, you know, th- those guys had different sort of careers. Lamar Milstead was a five eight in that class. Um, but obviously, I remember Fells Danzler had a lot of hype. But I like, and this is no shade to him, obviously. But like looking back on it, it's like. Why? Yeah, I mean, he must have been like really good in high school, but he was like pretty small. And, like, he was small, fullback. but he was he was just really solid. You know, like yeah. every time he you must have been play, he must have been quick. Like out yeah, he there was. And he was. was like had like two hundred tackles or something in senior yeah. year in high school. I'm sure. But 
Courtney Williams was also a, uh, that was, mm. I mean, that class, God, that <laughs> yeah. class had so much promise. And then there was Peter Lawick. He's on my list. <laughs> Five, nine. I, forgot, I completely forgot that dude existed. Uh, Jacorni, I mean, dude, talk yeah. about it's just an absolute freak of nature, you know? Um, but, and, and, and o- Olu like, Hall. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Is he in there? Yeah, he's in there. Um, yep. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing though. This is a perfect snapshot of like the kind of recruiting class you want to put together. Now, granted, a bunch of these dudes washed out and you know ultimately didn't make as big an impact, right? But you had Jared Green from Oakton, you had Corey Mosley from Richmond, Milstead was from DC, so you might as well you know count that. Billy Cuffey, you had Raza Dowling um, in this class, you had Chris Bird, you had um, these are the guys Mahota. that were old when Mike got there. Yes, yeah, Fels Danzler, you had Aaron Talafaro. You had God. You might, I that, almost said Chase Minifield. That's you a had, good name for the Scott Stadium PA guy, by the way, Aaron, Aaron Talaferro. <laughs> yeah, you had Courtney Williams. You had Max Millen, and you had Jared Dietrich. Right. So that that whole group. I mean, that's a lot of Virginia dudes in that 17 class. Hey, guess what? That team that 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 class was top 25 nationally. Like. So it's not, and, and we don't have, I mean, when we get into the bus, we don't have to like belabor the point. Um, obviously, Lolly did not have the career, you know, many of us expected. Um, yeah. If you look at the next group in 2008, I mean, there's a lot of two-star dudes in that class. That's when it started to fall off cliff. Then they were, they weren't even top 60 in that class. But I just remember, I, I just remember. Pastor, who was a two-star, yeah. who was probably up there for your, um, your, your. And McLeod uh, too, he's a three-star. Yeah. I yeah. just remember, um. Al Grow on signing day that either that 08 or the 09 class um basically treating Perry Jones like he was Barry Sanders and he's a two star and he obviously had a pretty good career. Yeah, um, he's on my sleeper list. Yeah, yeah, he was a good player. Um and but I just remember being like, damn, this dude's a two star. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> like yeah. at that time, you know, when that happened, I was like, okay, like I mean, yeah, maybe he he looks fast on tape, but like Really? Like this is what like is he like the cornerstone of this class? Um you know, and that's to when play some odd Bradshaw. Well that's when it that's things had really sort of like slid um recruiting wise, especially in state. Um so in two thousand nine you probably have another, you know, there there are a handful <laughs> of like these four star guys, these five eight four star guys, like Quentin Hunter, for example. Ooh, uh, that's a throwback. Orange Dominic, County. Dominique Wallace. Dominique Wallace, you know. Um guys who listen. If you were, you know, Luke Blanco or, um, you know, Jake Snyder, for example, five six five seven guys, Paul Friedman, right? Um, due to who, who, you know, you're a solid three star, and this is the kind of career, you know what I mean? But like a four, like a five eight, Dominic Wallace is a five nine. Like, you know, it's hard to overlook those guys. If you go forward in time, right, and you go to like the class of 2013, right? All right, so Smoke was a five star. He was at six point one. Okay, he was e- easily the 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 apple of of that that class's eye, right? But then Kirk Garner was a five eight. Now mm-hmm. he might have had him a little bit too high based. Yeah, I think he was like a high three counselor. low four. He probably was in that right? range. Yeah. Tim Harris was a four at five eight. Um, I think that was fair though. He was a good player. Yeah, Lavroni and Olorowaju were right there behind him at five seven, but they were threes. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different types, I guess. Wh- where do we want to talk about the Philip Sims of it all? That's my next. Does that question. count? He might be the biggest bust. 
Uh, well, I mean, Lalek, I mean, look, Lalek had carried. I think so Lalek is an inflection him. point for the yeah, for the program, is. and I think in, like, you could almost make an argument that like he kind of got a dude fired, right? Yeah, they put like, their eggs in that basket and didn't offer Russell Wilson, which obviously it's easy to say that now, but that's what happened. So, <laughs> but that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, right. like that's what they chose to do, and I mean, obviously there were probably a lot of other schools that would have done the same thing. But right. they would have also been wrong. <laughs> like, right. And obviously, like, they didn't get Tyrod Taylor. So that was the other guy in that class. So it, it really, like, it, you know, it, it sent them in a direction that was the opposite of where, you know, like, Wilson and Taylor went and their teams went. Um, Not to mention, he didn't even, like, he he, he got through, like, what, two years or less? Um you know, and, and, you know, hopefully he's doing well now, you know, it's a long time ago, but it just, it didn't just like, didn't work out. Like he didn't end up being good. It like flamed out, you know? Well, and I think that's the thing about, so if, if we're going to have an honest conversation for conversation purposes between Lollick and Sims, right? Listen, Lollick was, he was a rivals uh, 250 guy, right? Cause he was 110 nationally. He was only the second best player in the state. Uh, Sims was number 67 nationally. Um, he was, uh, they both are f- f- uh, 5.9, four stars, right? Um, I think the pro, you, you basically have two cases. Lalek was supposed to be like the, the future, and, you know, they did. They put all their eggs in that basket. Micro was all in. Um, and they land him, um, what, spring of, right? It was the spring before he signed, right? So I, I just, I, 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 I I have a hard time not calling him the biggest bust. That being said, when Sims came in, there was definitely this feeling of, oh, right? And I think as you look back on it, you know, I'm sure that there are players who, um, you know, guys who came through who, you know, who some folks had, you know, high expectations for. I think the problem with Sims is because he was such a lightning rod, especially given the quarterback situation at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Lalek was the future, but he was kind of groomed to be, right? And then it just sort of went off the rails real quick. Sims sort of upset the apple cart, and then there was no, you know what I mean? Like, all all construction is messy, right? But eventually, you know, you get your nice house out of it, right? Um, Sims, you never, you never got that. Um, I also understand, like, if you're listening to this and it seem, this seems mean, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to be harsh here. We're just kind of having um, a general conversation about it. No shade to anybody. Um, certainly no no ill will intended. I just think that if you if you look at sleepers, you can't you kind of can't avoid the idea of um, the guys who didn't pan out. Um, yeah. And the quarterback is such a big spot to miss on. Yeah, because it really you're is. Probably not going to get another guy good for a year or two. So you almost have to hit on the sleeper if you have a bust. Um, you know, cause like, like you were talking not about. Not as much with, of a problem now because of the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can get into it. But, you know, you know, they had Kevin McCabe, who you could argue was a, a bust. And Christian Olsen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them in there, too. You know, probably. And then you had Michael Rocco, who you could argue as a two-star was a sleeper. <laughs> I, I definitely would. Com- I, I definitely would say that yeah. he was. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say he was. You know, like he's not going in UVA's Ring of Honor or whatever. But um, no, but all the quarterbacks I mean, he we're was, just talking about, he's the best one. Yeah, you know, he, was pretty, he, was, he, he was solid for sure. Um, and you can see, like, he was committed to Louisville before. I mean, you can kind of see 
what they saw. Um, it's so weird thinking about him playing there because they completely went like the other way with their quarterbacks mm -hmm. since Petrino came back. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. And, and Jake McGee was in that class too as a quarterback, um, as a two star. Uh, but yeah, that's terrible quarterback. <laughs> I think it's interesting too when you compare Lalic to Sims because Sims was a transfer. Um, and I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Yeah. I remember the conversation at the time was almost like Michael Rocco is good, but he's not so good that you can't take this dude who was like, and that was, very that talented. was exactly the conversation. Yep. Yeah. Like there's no reason to do that. Um, and Rocco well, still started the season. I, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that's a tough one. Honestly, I like, like I don't really blame Mike for that. That just no, didn't work out. No, you know? it just didn't work out. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's let's get back to the sleeper side. Uh, let's go to um, the class of 2017. I, I'm I'm oh, curious. So to, many. I'm curious. So many. <laughs> there's there are a bunch of sleepers in this class, um, but I want to focus on two of them. Um, two different two star guys. One being Armando Alonso, which shout out <laughs> to rivals for that. Um, a six. That's foot always two. the best when there's like a I different know. name, and we're like, oh, like, like, uh, what's his name? Well, like Sean Wilson in this class. Oh he's yeah, a different. He's like JT or something. I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, Jr. Mandy is a six two two seventy five two star at five point four. Um, he also has a fellow classmate in this class who is a five two at six foot seven two hundred pounds. One Charles Snowden. It's a five two. I f he was yeah. a five. Yeah, he was a five two. They don't um, make him any lower than that. that, that to put that in contest, what? Say that again. Joey Blunt's in that same class. He's a two star. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was a two. Yeah, that was not. Joey was Blunt was different though because Joey Blunt was like camping at Auburn. Yeah, like, he was, was like yeah, close was to getting with an that, offer. Yeah, he was playing with that um, that Cam Newton team, that Cam Newton seven on seven team. He was he was a five four, so he was really close to to being. He's a, three. a small. He, yeah, he was. You know, I think the other thing with him is that like. I think a lot of his stuff was just seven on seven. People just didn't see him otherwise. But here to put this in context, so so Snowden is a um, is a five point two rivals rating, right? One one of the other couple of five five point two guys is Brian Delaney, a, a kicker, right? Mm -hmm. So it, to put that in context, one of the best linebackers of the last decade. Um, what I mean, talk about a sleeper. Um, I mean, holy smokes. Um, but I mean, there are some, there are a couple of them in that class. Joy That's kind of what I was talking about though, is like the sleeper that they took here was like a guy that had the traits and yeah. it's, we just got to teach him how to do what we needed to do. Right. And he exactly. needs to get bigger. Yeah. He needs to get bigger. Yeah. Um, there are also, one of the things that you find if you go back through some of these classes is it like early on, like, you know, we were talking about the brick class and some of those early classes, right? You might have a handful of dudes who are, you know, you never heard of after they signed or whatever. But like some of these classes in like the, in like the mid to late aughts are just weird. Right? Like I'm looking at 2016 right now. I'm just going to read you some of these names. Okay. Tristan Hill. Ooh, that one didn't work out. Wayne Talapapa. All right. Devonte Cross. Osiris Crutchfield. Christian Brooks. Holland Corbett. I'm pretty sure those three dudes never played. Okay. Robert Snyder. Stephen Moyer, Bumgardner, Bryce Hall, Hassis Dubois. Man, this uh, is a weird group. Right? Matt Terrell, Dylan Rankinsmeyer, Diedrich Daniels, Jordan Mack, Chris Moore, Aiden Howard, Ben Newtson. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Grant, Trey Harbison, Landon Word, Sonny Abramson, Cole Blackman, 
Joe Reed, Darius Bratton. Now I that about my Sonny friends, Abramson. is that's wild. I mean, it's like every other time you're it's either some dude who left, right, or some dude who played and was pretty good or you know contributed at a high level, right? Um, that was it, the class where I mean that one kind of makes sense because it was Bronco trying to finish yeah, off a of right. like London class. Yeah. Um, you know what yeah. I found funny doing this exercise? I kind of went year by year, kind of like yeah. you're doing now, Brad. Yeah. I started. 2002 the oldest one and move forward yeah and i didn't have a bust from 2009 to 2014 because there wasn't a really highly ranked guy Ooh, there were some there were definitely some in 2014 yeah you could make an argument you could make an argument that morgan moses as a as a as a high four-star kid you know in that five-star conversation you you could make a technical argument and say you know he didn't live up to that what right? about like dominique terrell yeah, that's another one. Um, See, I think he did enough to be like, you know, he he was a consistent starter. I, I don't remember. I don't really remember like anything that he did. I, but I, but I think I <laughs> yeah. think for a guy who's except for getting be... a bunch of like jet sweeps his freshman year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me hold on. Let me let me find. Let me. Find Darius Jennings ended up having a pretty nice. Yeah. Career, though. Dom Dom was a five point eight four star. Um. That was a big get for them. They got him yeah, on he signing was. day. Signing day. Yep, my first day on the job. I remember being like, he said he was. He one of the reasons he picked UVA is because he could wear number two. Because like, he oh, wears number. Yeah, he said that. You're not. It's one of those things you're not supposed to say out loud. He was a rivals <laughs> two fifty guy. Um, I mean that's that's pretty. He was tough. a quarterback. So was Jennings. Yeah. Was he committed to tough. West Virginia or was it down to us in West Virginia? I think it was. Something yeah. weird. I think it was those way. two on the final. And then Jennings was UVA versus Ohio State versus Wake or something like that. Um, you could make it look. Trey was a, a two thousand rivals one hundred. Right? Yeah, yeah. Trey was a Trey was a Trey top one hundred kid. Yeah, yep. he was a top one hundred guy. That class actually has he a was bunch good, of though. Class is a bunch of what ifs, you know. But they're yeah, not. You it, make that's a, that was a talented group yeah. of players, though. Like, yeah, seriously. Like Ant Harris is a regular old three star five seven guy. And then right? they um and they were I don't want to say they were really close, but they were at least in the conversation with Curtis Grant to signing day or oh whenever my gosh. he decided. Curtis Grant oh, yeah. fiasco. You know, here's a here's a here's a bus or guy. So Brandon Phelps was a four star five yeah. eight guy, and I don't think he ever really did. He's the that type level. of dude who's like a prototypical like that's a cornerback. He's like long and could run, and he just didn't really put it together. Hey, he was. You know, we've got him in this in our system. It's only six foot. Yeah, I he, he just I think too. he had like long arms. Like Yeah. Clifton Richardson. Oh boy. Oh man. He was really talented too he though. He really was, man. God, he was. God, he was. All right, let's, he, let's when he got on the field as a freshman, I was like this dude's going to be a beast. Let's here, do I've one. Got, I've got one interesting one for you. All right, yeah, let's hear it. I have him between the two. Um Jeffrey Fitzgerald. Oh, like, oh my could, gosh. He is both a sleeper and a bust. Didn't See, we talk about one hit one hit wonders or whatever? Yeah, he ago? would be. I think the problem with team. Fitzgerald is that you you know, we're we're grading all these guys strictly based on sort of where they were before they got there. Fitzgerald, you have to sort of re you have to sort of like re like reseed, so to speak, because of where he was after that season, you know? Um but then didn't he like not do anything? He only played Kansas one year State? and then he transferred. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then he transferred he and didn't pick up. He didn't really do anything there. He did okay at Kansas State. Yeah. Well, talk but about nothing a weird like transfer. that first year. He was such a huge. Um, I think there were some 
off the field issues, mm-hmm. if I remember I, correctly. I don't think he could have returned if he wanted to, right? Yeah, Wasn't that the story? I th- yeah, I think it was. That was um, another thing that kind of like burned that the like the later grow teams out. It felt like they had a lot of guys that like got kicked off the team for lack of a better word, or like yeah. had issues. Yeah. Um, another guy that like for me, I just missed on, and Brad, you were there when we watched him throw, and I was like, this dude's gonna be really good. It was Nick Johns? Yeah, he's not a bust because he was a three star, but like. Yeah. I just was like, that dude's going to be a player. And then I think he's one of those dudes that kind of got caught in the shuffle with the coaching the change. Yeah, he did. Um, and I remember him. He was he was like really doing well in that D.C. camp that we went to. It was him and Dwayne Haskins. Yep. Um, and, and they were the two best quarterbacks. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull out one more sleeper. Um, 5.3 two-star in mm-hmm. the class of 2018, Billy Kemp. It's a good one. I really like that get too when they got him. Oh, he was a, he was a, yeah, it was it was a hell of a get for him. Um I, I mean Late, that class think, right? that class I mean Aaron Falmui was a two star in that group. Um you know, they had a couple kids in that group that never materialized, right? Will be Theork, Samson Reed, um Martin Wise, um you know, Derek Devine still on the roster, TC Harrison still on the roster. Hell, Ugo Bossi, I was convinced watching his film. He was yeah, he just player. had injury issues. Um, Joe White was a solid get in that class. Hell, Pissinger he was a two-star. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a Tavares Kelly class. Javar Garrett, who never even made it that far. He went that's to also Delaware, the, I believe. Yeah, that's a Noah Taylor class. But but Kemp, to me, I mean, I understand you know he was undersized and everything, but like considering his production since he got to, to UVA, um, you know, UVA was his only – uh, Power Five offer. He also had offers from James Madison, Norfolk State, Richmond, and Virginia Wise. Um, That's the type of dude who, like, in ten years, people will be like, Billy Kemp is like fourth all time in UVA receptions exactly. or something yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. But what's funny he is it like twenty two years. Like I, I'm, I'm on his, I'm on his uh, profile page right now, and you're, there's like video, you know, from his, from his huddle from his Highland Springs days, dude. You watch this kid, you're like, yeah, he's fast, like he's good. Mm-hmm. Like he, I remember watching him, like he would run, he would like cross across the field and just outrun everybody across the field. And I was like, yeah. oh, he's gonna, he's a D one player. Exactly. All right, let's <laughs> let's switch Ethan gears. Out there. Did any, remember, did you have another sleeper? Just one more, Max right. Vallis. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> good old Max. He was, he was oh. more like a, he was more like a Bobby Boucher, just like run after the quarterback. <laughs> like I don't think he was really doing really anything true. else. Um, yeah. but like it kind of worked. Well. It worked for like well. half of a season, That's right. and he went pro. He did, he did. Um, yeah, he did. Um, there's a bunch of two stars team. we missed. He would have, he would have uh, loved the Bronco era with his weird number. <laughs> this eighty-eight. <Yeah. laughs> but he we just was. Like, he, he looked like he was out of place. He was like so fast coming off the edge, really and it was did. like, where'd this guy come from? He really did. He was. He was awesome. He was awesome. But we missed right. like Nate Collins is a two star in two thousand six. You know he. He was a huge contributor for four years and then had a pro career. Um, Brent Urban was a two-star. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah a that's two. a good one. You know, he's still playing in the league. Eric Smith was a two-star. Yeah, he Eric like Smith was on my games. list. Yeah, he's a good um, player. He's still Chris playing Beath in that. was a two-star. Yeah, and, that's a good one. Uh, Aaron Famui was a two-star. So yeah, there's a few we missed. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's change gears and, and talk about this group, um, this this year's roster. And the idea here is like, I mean, you're sort of picking breakout stars, but, you know, you're sort of figuring out like um, how much of a breakout we're talking. Right. So like in this in this conversation, we might bring out a guy who's like maybe not going to like lead the league in catches or whatever. But, you know, somebody who's going to have a much bigger impact 
at the end that maybe we think beforehand or the conventional wisdom might say. So these, this is somebody essentially you were, you're looking to try to figure out what's a good return on investment. Um, if you went with, you know, pick this guy, uh, anybody want to start us off who, anybody, well, Dave, you want to go first? I'm sure you have all the research. <laughs> I have all the research. Just take uh, Malachi um, and get it over with. You know, my, I'm going to spend some of my <laughs> first dollars say. on, on a, like, I mean, I think we'd be silly not to say Brandon Armstrong, right? Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll say him first. Well, I, okay. Well then I guess that depends on like, what's the get in price, right? So what's yeah. The but you know, that's kind of like buying Apple stock. You You're know, competing with McDonald's safe. now. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's true. It's very, yeah, very I true. Mean, I think you got to put some money on Brady. You got to, you got to make sure some of your money maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't quadruple in value, but gives you return on your investment. And I think that's a safe one. Yeah, um, I think like Nick Jackson is like the defense version of that. Yeah, and he would he would have been the other one I was going back and forth on. If you, well, I, I would say like Nick is probably not quite as expensive a share, right, as Brennan no, would yeah, be. Of course not. Um, but given given what I expect from. Gosh, is this going to be sacrilege? I'm not going to tell you that Nick Jackson is going to have a better season than Brennan Armstrong. But in terms of sort of like where they start from and where I think they'll finish, I think that the defensive scheme change is going to be so important for a lot of defenders. Like, they're going to be guys who are going to show well on defense this year that are not not just like dudes we know like Nick, right? But guys that are going to show well on defense simply because the scheme changed and they're going to actually tackle, Right. And I really think Nick could make, you know, could could have a significant sort of. I mean, I understand sort of where his career yeah, is now, I but I, but I'm just saying, like in terms of like where Brennan is now, like what what could Brennan possibly do to have a better 2022 than he had 2021, other than like lead the team to the ACC title, win more, win games. more games, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it, right? Like stat wise, yeah. production wise, that's gonna be really hard for him. Yeah, if they go nine and three and he has the exact same season, he's gonna be in New York for the Heisman or something, probably. <laughs> like, or yeah. at least like in the ACC Player of the Year discussion. Yeah, um, I was thinking about this earlier in the sense of like the the Lavelle Wicks Kemp Keaton Thompson of it all. And I and I don't I don't know if you can make an argument that like, you know, people are sleeping on Lavelle or anything like You're that. You're buying the dip. But but yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's coming off of a of an injury season. Um there are other receivers out there, right? You you're probably pretty safe to bet the UVA is not gonna throw the ball quite as much and not gonna push it downfield quite as much this year. Even if even if it's, you know, even if they decide to do it more than they necessarily want to, than the new staff wants to, it's still not going to be anything like it was when, you know, a nine company just didn't believe the running game existed. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like put some, you know, put some investment in Lavelle. Cause I feel like, you know, you can get that at a better price maybe than you can some of those other receivers. Um, and I feel like he's going to really return that investment. I feel yeah. real good about that one. That's like a, for fantasy football, we've done like auction drafts and there's no rhyme or reason to, you just nominate players. So random like mid-level dudes get picked early. And that's the kind of guy that would probably be like a, a great value, um, you know, versus yeah. like, I, I don't, I'm, this is, I definitely don't want this to sound negative, but like how much better can like Dontavian Wicks and Keaton be um, than what they, I mean, I think Wicks maybe could be better, but like, you know, you're kind of getting them at the top of their value. Like, yeah, it's right. kind of yeah. the same Brennan yeah. discussion we just had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, similar, similar in terms of you know, relatively speaking. The thing about Keaton, I will say, is that like what we saw from Keaton last year was he was a you know the whole Swiss Army knife thing, as, as Ferber alluded to. Um, 
you know, in his uh, pessimist optimist thing, right? He he certainly is. I would really love to see them really hone that in, and his runs matter more than they you know they did last year, right? So like last season, um, let's see, he rushed for. 247 yards it felt like they got away from it after doing they it did. a lot during yeah, the they COVID did. season they did they did they he ran he's see, more he of a 40 receiver. against William mary 20 some against illinois he had 11 combined against the next two acc opponents he had 47 against miami he ran for three total yards combined against louisville and duke he had 23 at byu he had 11 against notre dame and he finished the season with 20 combined between the game at pittsburgh and the game against tech um, so, I mean, I, you could, you could make an argument that Keaton actually has some, some growth potential in terms of as know, a runner, as a runner, because if they're, if they're going to run the ball more, he might be somebody who benefit from it. The problem of course, is that like, I don't, I just don't, I just don't know, like they're going to sacrifice traditional running game for that. I feel like he's going to, whatever, whatever traditional, or excuse me, whatever, um, whatever he adds I think it's going to have to come from more of a traditional set. So it's probably going to be something more akin to. And it uh, seems like I don't I don't have like quotes in front of me, but it seems like the new staff was kind of taking Broncos lead from last year and being like, he's a wide receiver. Now he's like learned that position to the point where that's his role. Um, yeah, and we can give him, we can give him a couple handoffs a game, but that's not his true. Cause I honestly, my hot take like right after Tony Elliott got hired was like, maybe you just make him a running back. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously you still throw the ball to him, but like, I think he was like pound for pound as talented a runner as there is on the team. Yeah. Um, and that's where I want to go next. I'm buying low leading the hype train on Cody Brown. I was wondering <laughs> about that. Cause I was thinking the same thing, honestly, like yeah. I really like that. This is a multi-year them. investment for me too. Yeah. Well, no, I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Um, 10 games in, uh, in, in 2021 for the hurricanes. He had six, um, uh, he had six games, I guess where he had a carry, um, Really, only one where I think he had like significant. Touches. Yeah, he had, yeah. Central Connecticut State, he had 14 carries for 77 yards, but he had two rushing touchdowns in that game. Um, his season long was 16 in that game too. Um, but this is a was a you know a consensus four star kid, right? Um, we had him. Yeah, as chose a, um, Miami over like Ohio State, Oklahoma. Yeah, we had him as a, as a rivals 250 guy. He was like the number 11 running back in the nation that that season. Um, you know, Virginia lists him. At uh, 5'11", 215. So, yeah, he's got you know a lot of time in front of him. Um, I think that's a good pick, I, I think. And I don't know why he left Miami. Um, it's a gamble on my part. And honestly, it was I, – I, I thought about putting investment into Mike Collins too um, just because I think, like you said, there's going to be more running action. Um, and I think Mike Collins is really talented. Um, it just hasn't really quite clicked yet. And I think a lot of that was is stuff outside of his control. And obviously he, he uh, took the year off the COVID season. So kind of like had to start over last year. Um, but yeah, I think Cody Brown, like just watching his high school stuff um, and seeing that he's already like played at Miami and had some success. Um, I don't know, you know, how the carries are going to shake out with this group, but that's a guy that I would bet on as like a high upside play. Yeah. Yeah. Number zero, Cody Brown. Yep. Dave, did you do? You, I have two. I have two. I want to talk about here, but I'm, I'm I want to give you a chance to to have a a, a turn, so to speak, at the tiller. Who me? Um, yeah. yeah. I'm probably gonna steal one. Is of yours. there another Dave? Um, <laughs> there another I didn't hear Dave the Dave the part because I was saying number zero. That's what it was. Um, like, um, give me. Uh, I'm gonna make Brad mad and take one. 
<laughs> Give me Noah Josie. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't another by low, by low. Uh, yeah, I mean, if any, I think any offensive lineman is a by low. Pretty well, much. but I, you know, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking like between Logan Taylor and Josie, they seem like the two guys that you know we might be the most apt to talk about here. Leech, um, but Leech is probably Leech the is guy who's the who yeah. is probably you're, you're probably going to spend a little bit more to get in the door with him, but it's not that much more, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, He's I think Josie's a hell of a pick. Look, I had expect. people telling me last season that Josie was the best offensive lineman in the in the program. Now, I don't think that that meant like if you lined them up today, kind of stuff, right? I think that meant like the totality of circumstances, right? Yeah. Um, he's a re- he's a really talented kid, and I, he, I mean, hell, I don't know how he made it through that spring game. Um, I don't know how any of those dudes made it through that. Spe- I mean, anybody who was playing both ways like that, holy hell! Um, but yeah, he's a that's a really good choice. That's a very good choice. Um, I was going to go with two different linebackers. Um, I understand that, you know. These are some by-low opportunities. Exactly. James Jackson um, Mm -hmm. and and Mike Green. Um, I mean, dude. Like, yeah, have y'all sure, seen the, the video of Mike Green lately? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a grown-ass man. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody has to – I know this sounds bad, but, like, somebody has to play those snaps. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that, like, somebody's going to do that, right? Um, you know, I understand, like, you know, for people who are used to guys who have a billion tackles and everything, right? But Mike Green was a 5'5", three-star a couple years ago, right? Or I guess technically last class. Um, I mean, that's a dude that legitimately could you could see getting a lot of burn. But James Jackson is an absolute like uh, perfect sort of. And there were some rumblings last year with the previous staff that he was like showing out because I think he enrolled early. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys on defense I would buy. Well, that's that's one of the interesting aspects of this entire exercise, right? Is if you look at the defense, you're like, huh. You're buying penny stocks almost. Exactly. I mean, it's like nobody's really you, you kind of can't go wrong, right? It's like you look down this defense, you, you know, you you have some some guys up front that you're you probably know a little bit better, right? You you have like um you, you have like uh Carter. Yeah, you've got uh Falmui. Carter, you got Smiley, you know, Falmui. Right, but so that's, you, you could some, argue Smiley is a buy low guy. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say he's probably one of those guys in the conversation too, just simply because like he he, he uh, it's almost like he, he got his feet under him and all of a sudden there was like hype right like there was hype before he got to UVA and then certainly things got a little bit rocky but then he seems to have gotten his feet under him um another yeah. guy that was he missed 2020 so yeah right or but yeah you look at the it. secondary and like Antonio Clary is a guy that's going to play a bigger role um yeah I think Central yeah. Cypress Langston Long um, yeah yeah Long yeah. for sure those guys I mean you're it's a gamble um because they're unproven to some extent. Central Cypress played a decent amount last year, but yeah, I think, um, and then you start looking at like third corners and stuff like that. And that's where you can have some younger guys play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's some potential there on the defensive side of the ball that's sort of under the, the whole defense almost is on, under the radar. And um, I think there's going to be some rocky moments, but I think ultimately at least it'll feel like they're building Rocky towards moments something. Is improvement. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, part of the issue I think people had with last year's defense is it felt like it was so many of the same guys that were struggling that it was like this isn't building towards anything. A lot of these guys are going to be gone next year. Yeah, um, exactly. And we're watching them make the same like mistakes, missed tackles, whatever, and 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 nobody behind them is getting to, 
to play. You yeah. Know? So can I ask a question? What What do we think they're going to do? This is a little bit off of the whole, you know, buy, you know, uh, exercise here. But what do we think they're going to do at center? Like, what do you what do you do you think is Justice Johnson? Do you feel like they're going to go? And then it's furnish, right? Is the other option? Yeah. I mean, um, do you think that? Do you think those one of those are, is it going to be a guard they turn into a into it a center? Depends on who stay healthy. Like, I think Justice makes a lot of sense, but you know, if they can't keep, you know, I think Josie's kind of slotted in a guard. You like to leech ideally would be a guard, but I think he's going to be a tackle. And then yeah, Divine's health tackle. matters. Yeah. Um, I agree uh, with that. Yeah. You know, who knows? Like furnish, yeah. I think we'll see. And that's man. such an like, important position because like um Olu was like a really good blocker, but like his snap sometimes would be weird. And it's like yeah. you can really like throw a drive off with like a low snap or something. Yeah, that I mean, whole, given the lack of experience on that line, like interesting. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have someone who can call out, you know. Exactly. Make the calls and it's not as important in this offense as or like college offenses because the quarterback does so much of that, but it's really important, I think, to have like a smart center. Should yeah. we should we do should we do an exercise here? Um I mean we we probably should close with some some positives, but I'm thinking maybe this is a good spot to is there anybody here who maybe you think is getting too much hype guy who is not gonna have the season that folks maybe think he is? Anybody that comes to mind? If so, I wouldn't announce it publicly. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a tough one, honestly. Um, I, I will mean, say I have one thing that comes to mind, and I'll spin it as a positive, is that I was not like blown away by the kicking game in the spring I was, that's game. That's exactly so where Will I was Bettridge going. Will Betridge would be yeah. where I would buy some stock. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Is it like yeah, – And I think we, Cavs Corner yeah. already sort of has. Um, <laughs> so. Well, hell, with all the, the NIL changes, we'll, we'll, we'll see like, if that even comes to pass. That's you know, It's funny you said that, Ferber, because that was literally exactly the reason I asked because I was like, dang, you know – you could make it as oh you you know you get in real cheap for 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 Will Bratchard, but re- realistically, like Dunkel comes back with the experience he's got, um, he might and be he a guy that you're selling. Was he a kicking bit. in the spring game? Because I feel like he did. I don't believe so. I don't believe it was so. Brendan Farrell, and he was like yeah. all over. No, they had that believe, one guy kicking. Think, he wasn't on the roster. Yeah, I think what's his, right. I, I think Dunkel was hurt. So I mean, it wasn't that like he he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, the other he's the got other a big leg. That, the other one I was thinking about is like, man, what the price for Brendan Armstrong, you know, per share yeah. would have to be just ab- absolutely absurd, especially if it's like UVA people buying, right? Um, and look, the kids yeah, it's got at a the McDonald's top of the sponsorship. I mean, I realize it's like with local McDonald's, it's not like, you know, he's not going to be like on ESPN commercials with, you know, Ronald McDonald, right? Um, but I just think that like, the the price there is so I just I'm I'm curious to see, um, you know how he can put together a season better this year. Like what, you know I I I use this analogy the other week when I was talking about Kihei Clark. You know the idea of like a guy comes back, and after you know he's had a huge year and everybody looks at him as like being like a you know a high draft pick or whatever, and we pick his game apart because that's just what we do, right? I'm really curious to see what Brennan brings this year and how well he uh he uh produces because yeah my god this if you just i mean like even now like to look at his numbers from last year it's just absurd like it's absolutely absurd i would hope there's zero chance he has any you know zero chance he can be anywhere close passing yard wise because that means this team is not good right right. Um, or they just realize like that they can't run the ball or whatever and just have to go but also another thing to keep in mind is you know, he has been injured in all of the last three seasons. 
So yeah, injuries, and then and, you know he's got to you know for his pro career he's got to clean up the interceptions. You know, yeah, um, that's the next step for him. I think you know. Especially he, I felt like he made some strides last year. Um, he did. Because it, remember, we used to talk about like the COVID year. It was he would have that like, what the hell was that throw every game? Yeah, I think he had him last year. He just got lucky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. I would like to see because I know that there are some stats you can look at where it's like interceptable passes. Yeah, um, yeah, and and right. those sorts of things are important. Can we uh, can I've we just really couple. appreciate this real quick? Hold on one second. I just I pulled up his stats and I should not have because I'm just my mouth is like a gape. Did right. y'all see that? Oh, never. Go ahead. All right, so here I'm just going to read you just the places where he's first in school history, okay, in things. Single-game passing record, he's first, 554 against Carolina. Single-season uh, passing record, he's first, 4,449. All right, single-game total offense, all right, 538 against Carolina. He's also second in career passing yards at 6824 which is kind of absurd when you think about it. I also Season, think he broke his own record for that like total yardage record from the previous right. game or yeah. something like that. His season total offense is first. His season passing touchdowns, he had 31. Uh, he's, let's see, he's he 300-yard career passing game, he had 11. He's had 11, excuse me. Season completions, he's first. He's also tied for first in single game touchdown responsible for, which he had six against BYU. I mean, my dude is just like littering the the UVA record books. I mean, yeah. is he the greatest he quarterback? I mean, stat wise, he yeah. probably is, but like he's yeah, stat wise, yeah, the greatest quarterback in school history. You got to so be. So what's tech. he supposed to do? Yeah, you okay, got to be tech. But you see what I mean? Like it's just that's that's hard, you know. From a pro- no, if we're lo- we're talking production standpoint. Anyway, all right, Dave, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off a few minutes ago. Oh, I was going to say like, and then there, I think it was PFF like put out a set like Brandon Armstrong led the country in efficiency on play action. Like, well, yeah, that's an area where Broncos offense, Broncos offense does a lot of weird stuff with that. Yeah, but we literally never ran the ball. So who was reacting to the play action? Yeah, so, yeah that's a good question. Um, it'd be curious to see what he could do if, if people actually did roll to the play action. I think, you know, we play action and then he just threw the ball in there anyway. Um, well, also, like when the, when Bryce was there, they ran a lot more pistol stuff where it was like, you know, somebody behind him. And it felt like since Brennan's been under center, it's been a lot more just traditional shotgun looks. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I always thought that they did that because Bryce had – he's more of an escapable, you know, kind of guy. And so the, mm-hmm. the you didn't give defenses the, the depth, right? So they did a lot of pistol stuff to sort of keep him closer to a line of scrimmage almost. Yeah. Right? And, and I felt like <sighs> – and you can do more like quarterback power yeah, stuff right. out of those formations because yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, you yeah. get a lead blocker and stuff. And like I kind of feel like in hindsight, like I wish they had not, you know, like I wish they could have. I mean, if, if there's ever going to be a, a quibble that I have with Bryce's career, it's that I don't think they ever really gave him the keys um, and really let him maximize his skill set. I mean, a lot of what he did was like one one read and go, right? Mm-hmm. Um they, if they could have developed him even more, right? If they could have, and then really utilized his, um, you know, the, would, the depth of his skill set, I, I just think they could have done more with him. It would have been interesting to see what he would have done with this group of receivers. Um, yeah. That's a really good point. Because they would have taken some of the pressure off of him in, in some ways. Um, I mean, there were times he was the entire offense. But of course, let's not forget, like we talked, I think we've talked about this before, like when he was here, we thought that group of receivers was really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah, they they escalated up through yeah. those years. I mean, 
Alamade was a great player. Um, yeah, Alamade, Dubois, Reed. You know, he Sierra had some Jim. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he didn't have bad receivers. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah, this yeah. group he has more with pros. Like, this wasn't like, like vintage 2000 and what? 11, 12, whatever. Yeah. You know, no, I yeah. think you, know, you can. Virginia literally has a nationally relevant receiving core, if not top 10 nationally. Like, so you, that's hard to replicate pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially yeah, considering Malachi where they Fields, got those I should players. Invest in. I was going to say, I cannot believe we're in what, because 20 we'll some get minutes. Return on this, that investment. 20 minutes into this conversation, and Dave has not put a dime on Paul I mean, Malachi Dave invested in Malachi like years ago. Yeah. yeah that's right. I did. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, as legally under the ncaa <laughs> rules said legally yeah, yeah yeah um i'll tell you two sleepers i would invest okay. in um ethan davies and sackett wood i was gonna do a sackett wood bit i was gonna do a sackett wood bit but ethan davies like i don't know how many of our listeners have ever looked at his like high school tape but i know ferber and i have and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous like i don't he's know really like, level of competition but i mean he's <laughs> playing in northern virginia 6a yeah, like it wasn't like he was playing. He's not playing in Gretna. Like, um, no I don't offense understand to how he he didn't have scholarship offers because uh, that boy's fast. Yeah, for sure. And and then uh, Tennyson, the other returner that that played in. I don't. It seems like they're kind of like battling it out, um, potentially for for return roles. And then like Devin Chandler is going to be in the mix there because he has return experience. Um, so yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens there. Shake everything, how everything shakes out. Um, but yeah, I, I think we kind of hit everybody. I can't really think of anybody unless, but I also would say like to Brad's point about like, you know, we're not going to call out people we think are going to have bad years, but I think that in the first year of a coaching staff, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast in sort of a different context, you will have those guys where it's like, Oh, that guy's going to be a starter. And then it, after three games, it's like, yeah, he's not really playing as much because it's the scheme fit or the new staff isn't as, um, I don't I don't think this is like a, a specifically Bronco thing, but like it felt like at the end there, they were like really like loyal to the guys that they had sort they of really developed. Were. They really and, were. And I, I feel like with a new staff, you're going to defer to the older guys, the more experienced guys, but I think you're probably a little bit less likely to be like, I have to play this guy. Cause yeah. like, you know, you might be a little bit more open-minded to guys further down the roster as Bronco was when he first got here, when, when a Bryce Hall was playing and Kareem Gibson was playing and Jordan Mack was playing. Um, you know, so I think that, but I think over time those things change and you get a little bit more loyalty to your guys and you sort of get blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, I mean, not to go off topic, but I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong that when the staff got here, they didn't spend a lot of time looking at what the guys did previously. They wanted to get form their own opinions going yeah. into spring ball. Um, I think Bronco even said that, like he like didn't look at film or something like, I can't remember what he said. Um, when he first got here, something like that, though. And yeah, I Elliot? Being like, that's interesting. You mean Tony? No, when Bronco got hired. Oh, well, oh you're talking about you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about Tony Elliott. Totally I'm talking about, about like I don't feel like yeah. they spent a lot of time looking at what the guys did last yeah. year. I think he was, prior yeah, to yeah, they were trying ball. to give him clean slates. So it'll be curious. I'm guessing they're doing that now. <laughs> well, <laughs> After spring ball I think when and combining reverse, it with though, what they saw. In 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 well, not reverse per se, but along those same lines, I thought it was really telling that. They were very like I think we're we're good when it came to like you know anytime they got a question about like talent on defense or talent in the secondary, they were. I mean, what I inferred. Let me just put it to you like that. What I inferred is that they thought that the the talent there was better than what it had shown, right? 
And so I'm really curious, like some of these younger DBs, like, um, man, like I just, ah, man, I just feel like from a, from a talent standpoint, they're not nearly as, you know, like Elijah Gaines, for example, is going to be a dude I think who you could, you could really, you could really profit off of, so to speak in this scenario, right? A guy, you know, you can buy real low and, and I think he's going to return that investment, right? I think if you look at safety, you know, to to like the, these these older coaches were very into their 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 uh, vets. My suspicion, and please, people don't light me on fire for saying this. Like I, I'm not saying that like they were afraid to teach kids and they were lazy or whatever, but I don't think they were in a position to do as much instructing later on in the tenure as it, they were at the beginning. I don't know if some of that was because Nick uh, Howell was all over the place trying to get the defense right. Um, I, I don't know why. I doing just know all that they... Media all media. Yeah, exactly. right? He stole it. I, I, just, I just don't think he was doing... I just don't think there was as much sort of instruction going on. I think there was much more of like, y'all need to figure out why you're not doing this right. Right? And what used to happen in the earlier Bronco tenure, which was like they would come out one week and think X would be bad, and they would come out the next week, and that thing would be better because Broncos would, would highlight it focus on it, rep it, and they would get better at it, right? You, they, this happened like week after week. They would improve in a specific area that they had played poorly in the week before the game. Before. At the end of the Bronco era, it was sort of like once they put the bad stuff on tape, everybody could see it. And everybody it could see it, and they didn't have, then they had no more counter. There's no you know? counter punch. Like It was just like, well, now you know how to beat us, <laughs> you know, over the top. And then I thought one of the things that was encouraging about, I think it might have been actually during the spring game, um, when Tony Elliott was asked about where the defense needs to improve and specifically the secondary, he mentioned two things. And it was, I think Rudd's might've had the same comments, tackling and giving up big plays. And that that's basically it. Like if you can just make teams play bend, but don't break, then maybe, you know, a few of those touchdowns you gave up turned into six minute drives that result in three points or no points, you're in a much better spot. Yeah. And I think it's not any more complicated than that. Um, so it, that tells me like, maybe they feel better about what they have. It's just about the technique and the teaching and making sure yeah. you have the right guys out there that can actually cover um, down the field and all that good stuff. Is there, so, is there one guy? Wet, so, uh-oh. Well, not to throw, a wet, say, not to throw a wet blanket on the PAD that seems to be developing here, but um, <laughs> I specifically remember Bronco and his staff when they, arriving, when they arrived their first year saying they had never mm-hmm. had this much athleticism in the defensive backfield. And we went to intent. So let's. <laughs> so, well, that was in part uh, well, because they they didn't have anything in the trenches. But I, but but point yeah, yeah. well taken. Well, um, also I think the biggest problem that year too was that guys didn't know where they were supposed to be. Yeah, there was that. And they that were first getting, game against Richmond, they were just letting people yes. run open. And yes. it's like, yeah, we did five years and did it again. And <laughs> then they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Let's we complete it. We've Free completed the cycle. It's time to quit. Let's 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 close the the episode with like I'm just curious. If there's one guy, and please, you, you're not allowed to pick like a known dude, but like one relatively like unknown or unheard of guy so far that you're most excited about, let's just let's just do that. Um, one guy that you're like, yeah, this kid's gonna be gonna have a really good season, or at least comparatively, right? People aren't expecting him to do X, and he's gonna do that pretty well. Do you have one? Uh, can I pick some? Well. I don't even know if this is a guy that I'm allowed to pick. Cam Butler. I, yeah, you're allowed to pick him. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's fair. He's wearing number 82, so you can pick him. Yeah. 
He's going to Max Allison all over the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's a guy that people probably forgot that they yeah. got. Uh-huh. Um, and then he's going to come in in the fall and I think play considerable. Yeah. I and I was going to go kind of similar, but I was going to go Chico Bennett. Um, okay, fair. Yeah. Mine is think... Diotto. Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, I, I just feel like uh, both of those mics, man, like those dudes are just ready to do some some damage, man. Um, there might be some PAD um, happening here, but like, I don't know, man. The more I, the more I like think about this roster, and the more I look at it, like I just feel like Bronco and them really underachieved. Granted, some of these pieces we're talking about are new, but like a lot of what we saw last year was just very tired. I mean, um, you know, we're gonna get to another offseason topic, which is like worst plays and stuff. Um, but that <laughs> we that, just have forty five minutes on one play, <laughs> just the whole time. But like that one play is such a microcosm of like, what are you doing? Like, I just feel like there was just so much, so much left on the vine last year, um, in a variety of different ways. So, all right, is that a uh, is that it? Good place to put a pin in it. Um, See you next week. <laughs> yeah, well, I one week closer end... to football season. Yeah, that's that. Which is, I read which is coming up quickly or yeah. whatever. Um. If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let's see. Right now, uh, we got lots of basketball recruiting stuff. Talk to uh, Stevenson from 24. Talk to TJ Power about his official visit. Talk to Kaiser about his official visit. Uh, Ferber had an interesting optimist-pessimist um, piece about football season this year. Had a column on Monday talking about sort of the counting down, as Ferber just mentioned, uh, and his recruiting breakdown from last week, talking about the new facility and why it matters. So definitely give all of that a look when you get a chance at CavsCorner.com. I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And I also want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber. You can graciously leave their time, as always. I very much appreciate all they do. So... For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Basketball.